What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Zama back on the show. It is Tuesday the 15th, and it's, it's been a while since we recorded. We didn't get a chance to record last week, just different schedules and stuff. And like I said, uh, I think an episode or two ago, I have a different work schedule now, and it's uh, 9 to 5. And unfortunately, I have to go in, so I don't really have the time to record during the day like I used to. But um, we're here to talk with you guys again. And um, it's good to be back, and it'll be fun to talk about the winning Wizards right now. We are 8-6 and six and on a four-game winning streak, and we're going to get into some of that. So let's not waste any time, and we'll just kind of recap the games that we didn't get into. Now, the three games that we missed this past week were the Mavericks, the Jazz, and the Grizzlies. So three Western Conference teams, and the Wizards came away on the winning side of all three of all three of those. And you know what? The, the, the other teams may have been out some guys, but we've been out Bradley Beal, who is allegedly our best player, but we're going to get into why he's probably not at this point, I would say, even though he makes $250 million. But let's go ahead and recap real quick. So November 10th, we played the Mavericks, and that, I believe, was the, the big Kyle Kuzma game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Kyle Kuzma ended the game with, let's see, 36 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. So, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, and I think that was kind of the breakout that we were waiting for from him, right? Because for so long, like, it, the, first off, this goes back to the offseason and why I've been kind of frustrated with Wes Unsell Jr. is because the, he keeps trying to make Monte Morris the point guard when the assumption to me was he was going to be more of an off-ball just be there and shoot it, and, and you can get away with having a guy that's that small, like at least once in your lineup. Like if you want to say him and Beal are small, whatever, but I, I really wasn't complaining if they just wanted to use Monte as an off-ball off guy, just shoot maybe a couple things off the bounce here and there. And, um, you know, they, they kept trying to make him like this point guard, and it's just not working. And so, like, my thought was, okay, well, just let – Beal and Kuzma initiate most of the offense, and they kind of left Kuzma off where they had kind of put him last year, which is kind of a wing, and he has to he has to force his own shot, and then that's where it looks ugly because it doesn't look natural. It's not like it's not good flow for the offense as to where when he's the guy with the ball and he's able to make those decisions at the point of attack, it makes things come together a little nicer, and then that's where you get to see the distributing ability. Obviously, his shooting has been a lot better, but I mean, that was a, a really fun game to watch. I didn't watch all of it, but I watched enough to know that it was a, a really good Kyle Kuzma game. I mean, obviously, we don't have to, have to watch to know that if you look at the box score. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that game, he kind of he kind of got to do his own Luka Doncic impression. Like, it was him with the ball, and he was orchestrating mostly everything. Um, you know, point coups. And, and I thought his comments was, was kind of funny after the game where, you know, they asked him like about like his usage that game and comparative to Lucas. And is that something he would like to do? And he was like, basically like, hell yeah. Like I would love to, you know, be able to handle the ball like that and, and control the game with my passing and scoring playmaking. And, you know, not to the level that Luca does it, uh, because he, he, you know, he said that that's just not winning basketball to have that high of a usage. But he definitely feels like he can do more, you know, as a playmaker in in the Wizards' offense. And I thought that was interesting. I don't know, you know, it, it sounds like he's been kind of telling West, like, hey, hey, I can do more. I don't, 
you know, I can I can run this offense. You know, you don't have to kind of stick me in the corner and or you know uh, where where I'm more so off the off the ball player. Uh, where it's like you can give me the ball, I can run the offense. Um, and in that game, he, ha- I mean, he had it rolling. Like even even the 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 plays where it didn't end in an assist for him, it was just the threat of him at six ten, kind of getting to that rim, getting in the paint on a drive, and then being able to see over the defense and kick it to shooters. Like that's an element that they're missing, and we've been missing that for the last four years, with the exception of when Russ was here. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's something they can they can they should build on because the point Beal thing I don't think has worked as well as I think they thought it would. Um and I think it, it kind of takes away from what he does best. So uh, you know, that's something they should they should build on when he when he's back. Uh Rui Hachimura, twenty-three points that game. Spencer Dinwiddie, uh seven to twelve from three, had thirty-three points, six assists, and four rebounds. Luka Doncic, twenty um nine rebounds and six assists. I wanted to ask you about the Mavericks because the Mavericks to to me they were one of my picks to that I had the same Western Conference finals from last year going back this year. So my picks were the Warriors and the Mavericks. And I wanted to to see what you thought at this point about how the Mavericks team is um, constructed and do you think that they'll need another piece to get back to that level or basically do you think that how far they went last year um, was a fluke because I know that now he's it's starting to draw like the the James Harden comparison and Luca is, is I think is, is better than than Harden but the, it's do you want one guy dribble, 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 put up a shot, and it's a boomer bust offense where you don't really have much of anyone else to initiate. And it's not like they don't have good players because they have fine players around the roster, but it seems like they don't have as much talent at the top. Like if they had a Paul George level player on their team, like they would be, they would be good. I think like someone on the wing. Um, but I, I don't know yeah. what you think at this point about the Mavericks and how far you think they'll be able to go this year. Yeah, I, I've never really been sold on them as a contender. I mean, I don't want to call what they did last year as a fluke because um, they, they matched up. I, you know, the playoffs is about matchups, and, and really the Suns just didn't have an answer for Luka, but the Suns also aren't like a super athletic team with a bunch of, you know, long wings that can kind of corral a guy like Luka. He was just able to do whatever he wanted because, you know, Mikhail Bridges is just he he has no answer for Luca. Um, and nor does Chris Paul. Like their best perimeter defenders just aren't good enough against a guy like that. But if we're just talking about sustainable winning, like getting back to the, you know, conference finals year in, year out, I just don't see how they're able to do that with one guy having forty percent usage. It's fine for the regular season. Um, you know, they'll be able to win 45 plus games every year because Luca's that great. But winning the championship, I, I just I don't see that that happening. Um, they're going to have to find a way to. Take, you know, combine a couple of those, you know, solid B minus players they have. Throw some picks on top of it and go get a legitimate number two guy there for Lucas to limit his usage because. You really only have to stop him. So when he has an off night, 
they look horrible. Um, you know what you know, the what the crazy thing is is they had that guy, but then they decided they'd rather have Dinwiddie and Bertans. Yeah, and and the thing about that, you know, obviously, you know, the reports the reports are out there about kind of the synergy between KP and 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 Luca, but part of that is on Luca. Like you had a seven foot three matchup nightmare, and y'all didn't use him correctly. Like that's on you. Um, <laughs> you know, like if you're gonna have a guy demanding, you know, having the ball top of the key. 95% of the game, like, I just don't know how you expect another star to come in there and be okay with that. Like, it's just, you know, the the Rocket, you be saw this with Harden. Like, every star that came there, it was kind of tug and pull with where do they fit in that offense because it was all predicated on Harden, Harden, Harden. <laughs> Even Chris Paul getting there, the quintessential point guard, it sort of worked, but you saw that they even clashed. So, you know, I, I, they're going to have to find a way to, to limit Luca's usage, but who's really there that's worth doing that for? I always find the dynamic interesting of the when fans say that players just aren't good and then it's like that they'll go to a new situation and then they'll be like a, a good version of themselves or the version of themselves that you saw before. Like what, what Dinwiddie was awful for us and then he goes to Dallas and he's he's been a pretty productive player I would say I mean I think he's been back to you know being Spencer Dinwiddie and then Porzingis for us they were saying he's just awful he's not good can't stay healthy you know I'm not going to dispute that because he definitely hasn't shown he's been able to stay healthy for you know through the duration of an entire season but the guy for us is playing at like an all NBA level right now and it's funny because that's how he ended the season and he's carrying that over. And then there's still some Mavericks fans out there that are saying that he's still not good. So it, it's just funny. It's just funny to me how, how that all works. And like, just, and you look at a guy, right? Like Porzingis and you say, okay, the guy seven, three has elite skill for his size and position. How could you get to that point to say like, he's, he's not good. It's like, they're, there has had to have been something. Maybe his mental wasn't all the way in it um, or something over there. But it, it's just always interesting to me when that kind of thing happens. You know, you play for a team and it's like, ah, you're ass. And then you go to another team and you play to what you're capable of. And, um, it's always yeah, interesting. I mean, I think with, with Dinwiddie specifically, like, you know, obviously the injury, we got him when he's coming right off of that ACL. And, you know, he probably needed time to rest to kind of really get acclimated so now in year two off of the acl he's kind of back athletically to where he was prior but even still schematically i don't think he was we didn't use him correctly here like we kind of miscast him as a facilitator and he's not that he's a guy that has to go try to score the same way brad is like just let him go score and then they'll be able to pass off of their ability to score the ball and that's what he's doing with the Mavs. Like, they literally just give him the ball, and he just go iso, do what he do, step back three, get to the lane, get fouled. He's not out there probing, trying to set guys up. He's just trying to score. Yeah. And then if you can stop him from scoring, then he'll dump it off. But it's basically Dinwiddie Luka taking turns trying to score. And that's that's their whole offense. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Um, moving, we'll, we'll get into to more on KP in a, in a little bit because I think there's a larger conversation that we need to have about him at this point. Actually, real quick, going back to that trade, um, I would say that even if Porzingis ended up not playing a single minute for us, that I would still do that trade simply because we got a draft pick and it shed salary. So you, you mix all that together all in with the context of he's playing at a really, really high level right now. Like there isn't anything that could happen at this point to make me say that that was a bad trade. Like you, we can go and do some of Tommy's other trades and like question most of them at this point, but this is the one where it's like Porzingis and I'm not wishing, let me knock on wood real quick. Porzingis could get injured tomorrow, never play another game for us. And I would still do that trade 10 times out of 10. Um, there just wasn't really a, a negative repercussion from doing that trade, at least to me, because, you know, worst case scenario, I guess, okay, he gets injured. You know, we end up having to rebuild because Beal gets tired of it. Well, that's what I want anyway. So for me personally, you know, it's not, it, it, there's, there's nothing negative to come about it. And who knows, like maybe the team doesn't sustain, you know, their, their winning ways and um, they have to try and trade some guys at the deadline. I mean, Porzingis at this point looks like a guy, if you were a contending team, Maybe maybe that's worth a first round pick or two at this point, especially if he if he stays healthy because he's only missed like one game. So you know who knows? Just to keep options open, of course. But okay, moving on to the Grizzlies, and this was what? Which game was Kispert? Or actually, no, the Jazz. I'm sorry. Which one was the the debut for Kispert? Was it this Jazz game or was it the game after? I feel like so Kisper has played. I feel like it was the the Grizz game because yeah, because I don't remember him particularly playing well in that one. Yeah, oh, he's the, played five games. Like the, the he's played the five I believe that Beal has missed. So he played in this Jazz game. He had um, oh, this was the game. He was six of six. He had uh, eighteen he points. A shot. Yeah. Yeah, um, really good to have him back in lineup. And this is what we wanted to see from Kisper, right? Like, be be elite in the shooting splits, be tolerable on defense, and I don't care about what else you do. But but I'll tell you what, we knew this from last year talking about Kisper, but we knew he was going to be pretty solid for what he was given credit for um, inside the three-point line. Like, his mid-range game and his off-bounce game is actually, like, not bad for the, the player that he was ex- expected to be. Uh, he's a pretty solid finisher, too, I would say. So definitely good to have Corey Kister back in the lineup. But um, Porzingis, 31-10, and 12-20 from the field. Jordan Goodwin, um, 9 points. Kyle Kuzma, 23-8-6. Um, Rui chipped in 11. Uh, what did you see in that Utah Jazz game? I mean, up to, up to that point before that game, I think the Jazz were the either the first or second best team in the NBA at that point. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, Jazz to me are a good story, but I never really bought into them being some elite team. Like they just play modern style basketball. They shoot a lot of threes, uh, and they they try hard on defense. But to me, their top end talent isn't good enough to for eighty two games. So I felt like you know if we 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 kind of if we kind of blitz them with our size, um, and our ability to get in the paint. And get to the free throw line like that was that was a victory and that's that's what they did uh you know so it you know did they kisper kisper did what i expected him to do um 
He's a he's he's probably the easiest plug and play player on this roster. Like you could plug yeah, him any lineup, you put him on the floor, he's gonna do the same stuff he do. Like he gonna run off screens, he gonna run off pin downs, he's gonna play off ball, he's gonna make layups like all the time. The dude is shooting, I believe, sixty eight percent in the paint. Um and he's gonna make open threes. Uh and yeah, he's been solid on defense. He has the best defensive field goal percentage on the team. So, um, yeah, he's been he's been what I thought he would be. And uh, yeah, if 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 they're gonna get that type of production from him, uh, you know, that's gonna bode well for them, uh, very well for them the rest of this season. Since the the Jazz are probably going to be one of those teams that's looking to trade guys off for draft assets or, or, or whatnot, maybe another young player that they can try and work with that they think will be better long term. But if there was one player right now you could take from the Jazz and add to this team, who would it be? I think you know who I would question. Take, but It's Mike Conley, you without hesitation. Okay, okay. Yeah, Mike Conley, because it's, it's the biggest area of need. Like, we don't have a point guard like Mike Conley. Uh, a guy that can get to the rim, make threes off the bounce, really facilitate your offense uh, at a high level without being a liability on defense. Um, yeah, it would it would be Mike Conley. Conley, I just don't like his contract, his contract number. You know who I would take, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Vanderbilt, right? Right, exactly. Uh, but Love the guy's game. I, I, I get it, but I feel like his skill set is a little redundant with Denny's. Like if if the Jazz are like, okay, Jared Vanderbilt, like Rudy Gay in a first round pick for Kyle Kuzma, fine. Yes. Yeah, I would do that pretty easily. You would just lean in on a defense, like a bunch yeah. of wing stoppers and everything will run through KP and Beal. Talk about the year that um Lowry Markin in this had though. I mean, this was a guy that was included in that Donovan Mitchell trade basically just to make the salary work. And I mean, he's he's pretty much been their best player this year, you know, next to uh to Colin Sexton. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Lowry was bad though. I mean, he nah. he was eighteen and nine year two. Like he was a, yeah. he was a good player at one point. And I just kind of think he kind of got lost in the multiple coaching changes with the Bulls and the system changes and stuff and being misused. Uh, and now they're kind of just letting him do his thing. Uh, you know, you saw him play on the, the, the Euro basket. He was balling over there and he looked just like how he looked in Euro basket. Um, sometimes it's just a matter of just having the green light, man, having the freedom to to do what you what you're capable of doing without feeling like, you know, you're going to get benched or. Somebody gonna, you know, it's a mistake, so you gotta sit. Like they just letting them ball, man. He he's hooping. Longer good, but he he comes out and has twelve points and and ten assists for us or or for for the Jazz against us. So. Um, uh, it's good to see like a, a low buy like that in deals where uh, obviously they traded Patrick Beverly, but um, it's good to to when you can do moves like that. You know, you find a young player, you trade away a vet who it wasn't going to do much for you for the future of your franchise. You get a guy like that in, and, and he puts up productive uh, 
games for you like that. I mean, even if he is on an expiring contract, which I, I think he is, um, but the, it, it's still a good deal to to do that. You know, I think he's what six 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 seven. Um, obviously, can pass the ball. I mean, people were calling him like a a little mini LeBron at one point. So, um, right. shout out Taylor Horton Tucker, and uh, I think the Jazz are right now probably one of the most stable franchises in the NBA. I would say. Um, Wizards Grizzlies. Let's see. So they didn't play. John Morant. Who else didn't play that game? Desmond Bain didn't no play. Bain, no Ja. No, no Jaren Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. So the three best players didn't play. So it's, it's not really much to take from that, but they went out and did what they were supposed to do. 25 and 6 from KP, 21 and 5 assists from Denny. Um, Jordan Goodwin, uh, 10 points, 8 assists, four, or 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, Monte Morris, 10, 6, and 6. Kyle Kuzma, 9 points, 11 rebounds. Um, Kispert did add 12, was 2 of 2 from 3 again. So, um, again, a game that on paper they they should have won, and they did, and we have to give them credit for that. Because this is a game that, like, even if I knew at the beginning of the week that those guys weren't going to play, I still would have predicted that they were going to lose. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those games where, like, they, they typically do lose it, you know, where the team is sitting their best guys and then the Wizards somehow let a guy that's averaging six points a game go off for a career high and they lose the game. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that's just from a, a lack of defensive consistency where, you know, you don't take it serious, you come in lacking on your opponent and a guy that you never heard of goes off for 25 on you. Right. So but I feel like they took this game serious and, and you know, they got after it defensively. Um, and I believe they held them under 100 points in that game. Right. Or under 105. What was the final score on that one? Yeah, they held them under 100. 102.92. Yeah. 102.92. And really, they could have won the game by more if they made a dag on free throws. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they did what they were supposed to do. So moving away from the the games from this past week and before we get to the games this week there are a few topics i think we should go into and dive into a little bit more uh the the hottest one right now is the whole better without beal narrative thing and and it's this isn't the first time we've seen it but i want to know what you think at that at this point like is it accurate do you think that if teams were calling about bradley beal at the deadline if you're the wizards would you entertain it especially if you get some draft picks like what do what do you think? I mean, the state of the Wizards, I mean, everything should be entertained. Uh, now, if, 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 if I was general manager, my, my preference would probably be more trying to figure out how to add a legitimate point guard to this team with Beal and KP versus breaking up Beal and KP 10 games into them playing together. Um, because I think I, I honestly I don't want to get killed for this, but I, I think KP might be the best player Bill has ever played with. And you this is just 10 games into it. So it's it's still early. But like if we're just talking like talent for talent, like the Wizards have never had a guy seven three that plays on both ends of the floor and has that type of gravity that he has um, 
So I want I would like to see them see it through more than just 10 games and then try to get a guy that that's a you know a legitimate point guard to kind of elevate the role players that are here because we know that's not Beal and KP is not like a a, a facilitator playmaker so you kind of need that floor general to kind of elevate the role players kind of like you're seeing what Goodwin do now cuz he's he's sparked the bench like crazy that was a bottom five bench before he started playing and now it's one of the better benches in the league. So they kind of need a, a super version of that in their starting lineup. And then I think this team can go to another level. But um, I mean, as far as the better without Beal stuff, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think there's, you know, things that have happened with him being out that weren't <laughs> happening when he was playing. Um, with the bench unit and the bench has been better now so when he comes back if the bench all of a sudden starts sucking again I don't know how you kind of put that on Beal because he's playing most of his minutes with the starters and the starters have have played well it's been one of the better starting units in the league um, so I don't know I, I that's not what I've seen but I can understand why people believe that um. When when you said that he was the best player that Beal's ever played with, I was grinning because I know the Wall fans are not going to be happy with that. Um, Wall fan, that's my guy, but I I gotta call it like I see it, man. Hey, hey, I I'm with you and I respect it. I'm not going to touch that. I'm going to leave it alone and I'm going to let the people <laughs> argue with you about it. Um. Second thing, I, th- I think that they're when people say that you're better without a player, I think that people include it in like two things when when you say that. Like the the way I see it is it branches off into two different conversations. It's is the team more talented with or without this guy, or is the team just playing better without this guy? Like, is the team more talented without Bradley Beal? No. They're they're not more talented without Bradley Beal. But do they maybe play better on the floor and more free-flowing without the guy? Maybe. You know, I, I think that that's a, a legit possibility, you know. And you said that – Kristaps Porzingis is the best player that Brad's ever played with, but I think that Kristaps Porzingis is even the best player on the team at this point. And that's, oh, that's not that's, that ain't enough for debate. It's not really at this point. That ain't um, enough for debate. He's he's been damn near a top ten player. Like yeah. he that ain't that's not even enough for debate to me. But 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 Beal hasn't been bad. Like that's that's kind of for me where it kind of gets a little lost to me because it makes it seem like Beal has been bad this year. I think he's like career high true shooting percentage this year. He's he's, cr- been, efficient. One of his, he's been efficient. It's been a one of one of his lowest usages of his career, lowest field goal per, uh, attempts over the last few years with him. Like he's only shooting fifteen times a game. Like I thought, I thought this was the Beal people wanted, but. It seems like now they kind of want the thirty point per game bill back. So I'm like, I, I I want people to make up their mind. Like, which which bill you want? Like, do you want the offense to run through KP 
and Bill kind of get it where he fit in, or do you want Bill with 30% usage again, taking 20 shots again? I, I think um, what where people get frustrated with it is he's getting paid like he's a Luka Doncic, like James Harden-type player like LeBron, where you can carry the offense by yourself. And so when you don't do that and you become the secondary guy, like, yes, that is, that is the role that's probably best for him. But then it's like, well, why did we pay that guy all that money if he's just going to, like, you know, just be a, a secondary scorer, like, you know, just be be I mean, efficient, try, like, put your shots more down. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, but let's be real about it. And I was kind of, I was kind of looking over this earlier. Like, the last eleven championships have been won by five players, right? Steph, LeBron, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, and Giannis. Okay, you go back before that. It was Duncan, Kobe, or yeah, Duncan, Kobe, Dirk, Shaq. D Wade, and then you had a, a anomaly with Chauncey Billups in that Pistons team, and then before that it was all Halajuan and MJ. So all those guys, what they got in common, with the exception of Billups, they're all like top twenty players ever. They're all top five, top six players of their era. So if you don't have one of those guys, you're probably not. You're not. You're not winning a championship. You're not a number one. Right. Because when we say number one, we mean a guy that could be the, the top dog on a team and go win a championship. I think probably the best, probably the highest level number two we've seen is probably like what, an Anthony Davis or a Harden or a, a, a Paul George. Right. Those guys are going to get paid 200 M's like. There isn't like a weighted scale contract like, oh, okay, you're a number one, you get 300 million. Oh, you're number two, you get 200 million. Like guys that are top 30 players get max contracts, but it's, it's on the organization to try to find that number one, but it's hard to find. Like those, again, we're talking about finding a guy that's a top, possibly a top 20 player ever, top five, top six player in here in their era. Like those guys don't grow on trees. So I I just don't like for me, the constant crying over the contract to me, I, I just I don't get it unless he was just to go out and just look like a total bum or he got hurt where now the contract is just like. You know, you can't move it because he's he's suffered an Achilles or an Achilles, you know, ACL or something. But if he's playing productive all-star level basketball, everybody's you're going to pay that. That's what you pay for all-stars. Yeah. Like the cap, I think, like four or five years ago was probably around like 107 mil. And now we're at, what is it, 123 now? So It's about to go up to 135 this summer. You're gonna, you just, we just watched DeAndre Hunter get $95 million and he's like the sixth best player on the Hawks. <laughs> so like that, that's why I'm just kind of like, okay, the next guy is going to sign for 300 million. Like sure. that's sure. just the lead. Like ultimately it's still on that front office to go try to build a team. And to me, you don't build a team by getting rid of good players. You build sure. a team by 
acquiring more good players? Um, Surprise player so far for the Wizards has been Jordan Goodwin. I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched too much to give an honest analysis of his game, but I know that his shooting splits, I think, have been pretty elite so far, but what have you made of Jordan Goodwin's performance so far? I, I can't. I can't overstate how impressed I've been with him. Like he, he to me is the singular reason why they're four and one in their last five games. Um, like he's doing everything Delon Wright was doing on defense, but he's like ten times better on offense. Like he he can make open threes. He his ability to get by his man, get into the paint, and then drive and kick it to find shooters. It's literally changed the whole bench. Like, before he was playing, the bench was horrible. It was a bottom five bench in the league. Like, they were the, – the the starting lineup was, you know, one of the top five lineups, starting five lineups in the league, and then the bench was bottom five. That's where they were losing games at with the bench. DeLon goes down. They struggle. They struggle. And then Goodwin comes in, and then, boom, immediately, everybody on the bench boosted. Rui, Gafford. Mainly those two, um, and I would probably say Rui. Shout out to Oz on this, but Rui probably the biggest beneficiary of Goodwin's play because it's just the point of attack defense that he's giving them, the hustle, that dog mentality. I mean, he's everywhere. Like he's like a a baby Marcus Smart. Like, and I don't know if this is going to keep up. I mean, but he has the he has the best. Uh, net rating differential on the team on off splits on the team so that just goes to show you I believe he's when I last looked at it he's like a the Wizards are a plus 13 per 100 when he's on the floor and they're a minus 5 when he's off like it's it's ridiculous like he's he's literally changed <laughs> he's changed their their kind of their outlook but I, it's just a matter of can he keep that up you know and then what does West do when Beal comes back when DeLon Wright is healthy. Because for me, if you're going to bench Goodwin, that's just not wise. Because he's literally been the best point guard on the team. So if you're going to go, all of a sudden it's going to be DMPs for him when you get your full roster. I just think that would be a mistake by West. They, like, like, he should keep playing. He should be a 15, 20 minute a guy per night every night. Um, games for this week, and then we will close this out. So this week we play the Thunder, the Heat, and the Hornets. This first game, the Thunder, they don't have very much to work with. Um, I am going to give the Wizards a win. I could see them losing any three of these games, to be honest, but I am going to give the, the – it's already four. Why not make it five? It looks better on the eyes. Um, I'll, I'll give them the win here against the Thunder. Uh, the Thunder going to be tough just because they have one guy that can just literally change the game um, with Shea. Uh, he you need to catch up run. right now because, listen, I'm 8-3 and three and you're 4-7, and seven, so you got to catch up. So no more bold hot takes. You better take the safe win here. Yeah. Uh, Shea is just so hard to keep out of that paint, man. And, uh, and all it would take is if, like, KP got in early foul trouble because, you know, Monte and Bill can't contain I'm going to still say it's a win, man. I'm going to say West 
sticks with Goodwin, and you know they kind of corral some of that, and they they come out with a win. But it ain't. I don't think it's gonna be easy. Uh, Miami Heat. I'm gonna give them a loss. I don't need to explain why. The Miami Heat have looked better lately. Uh, is this on the road or at home? All three of these games this week are at home. We had. Oh wait, what the hell did we play? Oh wow, we had six home games in a row. Huh. I'm gonna say they beat the Heat, man. I'm gonna say they beat the Heat. Ooh. All right, and then Sunday Hornets. Sunday Hornets. Is that a back to back? Let me check the schedule. Wizard schedule. Here we go. Um, no, it's a Wednesday, Friday, Sunday this week. Bump it. They beat the Hornets too, man. That'll make it what? Seven straight? You're going to give them the seven streak, huh? Seven straight, man. All Let's right. do it. <laughs> I like it. So you got them going three and zero. Um, I got Let's them going two and one with the loss against Miami. Is there anything else you got before we go ahead and close this one out? And West, don't mess this up, man. Don't mess this up. If please don't mess this up. Play Goodwin. Play Goodwin. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, guys. Well, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode today. Thank you all for listening. As usual, if you aren't subscribed, please make sure that you are and leave us a review. It really helps us out. Rate us five stars. That's going to be all for us today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.